Hey everyone, welcome to the new episode of the Life Extension Podcast, Technology and Magic, Society and Business. Brain-Computer Interfaces, or BCIs in short, more than any other technology presently under development, will change your life as a consumer in the future. In this first part, you will hear what BCIs are and what they are used for. We'll look at involved technical processes and also dive into brain function and the underlying science. This episode is the first part of an introduction into brain-computer interfaces. Brain-computer interfaces, or BCIs, connect the brain with external artificial devices. Neuroscience and medicine are building their assumptions on a reductionist model of the person. According to that model, a person consists mainly of the brain, or more precisely, of neuronal network action in the brain. The person acts in the world and communicates with the world through muscular function, while muscles are controlled by the brain through neural pathways. Both muscles and neural pathways are liable to disruption through accident or disease, resulting in malfunction or paralysis. In such cases, BCIs are used as a medical solution to provide the brain with a new channel to communicate with and act in the external world. The idea is that the brain would accept artificial devices under its control as natural representation of its body. This is a very significant assumption, which is supported by human experience, such as when driving a car or how we incorporate a smartphone into our daily routines. BCIs can be seen as artificial bridges between human thought, which is generated through neural network activities in the brain, and artificial devices such as prosthesis, a wheelchair, a light switch at home or a text-generating computer. The restoration of bodily function, cognitive, sensing and communication abilities is perhaps the most obvious application of BCIs at the moment. That is because it solves an urgent problem involving strong human emotions, has an important market of disabled patients and can benefit from immediately available funding through the public health care system. But providing an alternative communication and control channel for disabled people is not the only application at present. The military is investing in BCI technologies with the purpose to create new combat capabilities, for example soldiers using exoskeletons or independent robots, as well as to handle complex targeting and operational decision-making tasks within very short time spans. The workplace environment promises to integrate BCIs in the future as well. Online monitoring of mental workload of pilots, air traffic controllers, drivers or operators of critical industrial processes could reduce risks of major accidents. Companies could monitor attention levels and mental states of their employees, freakish as that may sound at the moment. Although still in an early stage, suppliers of such BCIs are already trying to sell products into the corporate market. Development of BCIs follows the money, same as other technologies. Gaming and entertainment might become another industry where BCIs will be used widely in the future. Not only in the form of the gamer navigating in virtual reality, but also through brain-to-brain -brain communication between gamers. 
BCIs mostly exist at an experimental level so far. However, so many promising results have already been achieved that commercially relevant products are only a few years away. BCIs have demonstrated the capability to write text, speak, control a cursor on a computer screen, navigate in virtual reality, control prosthetic and robotic devices and smart home applications and even to communicate between brains. As communication between brain and computer works both ways, brain states, including different types of emotions, were already able to be interpreted correctly in a reliable way as well. Applications of BCIs are basically limitless. Regarding bodily and cognitive abilities, focus will soon be extended from restoration to enhancement. Technologies called neurofeedback and biofeedback are under development, which train and enhance brain functions. As a consumer, out of all the new technologies which will be integrated into our daily lives in the future, BCIs may be the most relevant. Anything we use the smartphone for today could be done better through BCIs and more. Whatever we imagine could be done through BCIs. In modern societies, this technology might one day determine and structure the entirety of human communication and action. How is thought, including emotions, intent and memories, generated in the brain? This process remains poorly understood. Scientists are able to read electrical signals emanated during neuronal network activities as brainwaves, which are associated with human thought. We should realize that thought is not associated with individual neurons, but always with assemblies of neurons and neuronal networks which are constantly oscillating. All this electrochemical activity forms language, which scientists have hardly begun to understand. In comparison, learning a language from another human culture is way easier due to commonalities in grammar and concepts of meaning, as has been well described by the discipline of general linguistics. Human spoken and written languages consist of a linear flow of discrete phonetical and lexical elements assembled by relatively simple grammatical rules and which were culturally learned to be associated with human concepts of symbolic meaning. Compare this with the language of mass-distributed neurons, of which each brain has close to 100 billion with endless connections between them. This appears like trying to talk to a sea of water molecules or to the universe. The challenge to artificial BCIs is not only to read these brain signals, but to interpret their meaning and to translate them into human-level symbolic language of communication and command. This challenge at first sight appears almost impossible. Nevertheless, BCIs have been proven to work successfully when focusing on single, predefined tasks in controlled environments. Users can train to actively modulate brain activity, or we could say manipulate brain signals to generate specific commands to the external environment through a BCI. This really depends on training, and not all users succeed in this. A BCI does not understand the meaning of brain signals, but can sense signal changes which were caused by the user in a deliberate way. Computer algorithms then interpret such signal changes as user intent. In a third step, user intent is translated to actuate a device in the external environment. Therefore, brain-computer interfaces do work for simple, predefined tasks. Furthermore, prosthetic or other robotic devices can be controlled in three-dimensional space by a user imagining their movement. This can be trained through repeatedly imagining a movement and obtaining feedback about the actual movement. 
At the moment, a lot of hope is being laid in machine learning methods to decode and characterize task-related brain states based on physiological data. Task-related signals need to be separated from other tasks and from non-task-related signals, including noise from physiological processes like eye blinking. At an abstract level, this could be interpreted as thought-controlling machine, although still playing out at a very simple level of complexity. But BCIs are far away from actually understanding complex thought outside of predefined tasks performed in controlled environments. Engineers are trying to overcome the limited understanding of complex brain processes by developing shared control systems, whereas intelligent artificial systems propose possible actions and the human can perform simple control tasks of accepting or refusing such proposals. BCIs work in active mode when operated by the user for control or communication, but they also work in passive mode when the external computer is simply registering what's going on in the brain. BCIs can already distinguish between different brain states expressing emotions like happy, sad and bored or even register levels of awareness. There exist various systems of BCIs. Most used are non-invasive electroencephalography devices, in short EEG, with the user wearing electrodes at scalp level. Other non-invasive techniques involve large and expensive equipment like magnetic resonance imaging. Invasive systems involve inserting devices into the brain itself, a more risky procedure applied for deep brain stimulation in cases of debilitating diseases like Parkinson's or epilepsy. Last, there are partially invasive devices which include chargeable neurochips with electrodes, the type of products Egon Musk's Neuralink is working on. They are placed under the skull but outside the brain. All this is mind-boggling. Scientists are conducting experiments and doctors are carrying out medical procedures and notice that all this works. Most is due to brain plasticity, the capability of neuronal pathways to reorganize through training or injury. There are even experiments with animal brain cells in a petri dish being trained by scientists to perform specific tasks. Brain cells seem to be self-organizing, forming intelligent networks adapting to external stimulation. A brain is able to build representations of itself and extend such representations to a body, even including artificial devices. A brain can then imagine its body within a physical environment, whose reality is in no way absolute, but rather interpreted by the brain and shared between different brains through culture. Brains also develop intent and awareness, enabling them to communicate with and act in the environment as conscious subjects. Through intent, brains can even change themselves. We can observe all this, but why it works remains a total mystery. This is the end of the first part of a discussion about brain-computer interfaces. The following episode includes the second part. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Life Extension Podcast. Technology and Magic, Society and Business. Episodes of this podcast will remain intense but short. So if this subject interests you, just subscribe to this channel. Episodes will be posted once per week. Bye-bye. Looks like he is 19 He's real age 616 He says I've seen it all before Humanity is such a bore I don't want to live forever Never grow old or die
Stand.